Well, good morning, church family. It's an honor and privilege to worship with you again. Um, uh, I want I want you to know uh, this uh, this morning that um, that uh, I'm in conversation with the the deacons, and we're trying to make plans about what things are going to look like when we do begin to open up. We don't feel quite yet that it is wise to um, uh, to gather again yet, and we but um, when that time comes, we want to make sure that we have everything necessary and the proper uh, precautions in place and, and make sure we're, everyone's kind of on the same page so that when we do that, we can do that um, uh, as safely as possible uh, while still um, enjoying being in, in one another's presence, even if it's from a distance. And so I do look, do look forward to, to easing back in uh, uh, together with, uh, with you, and I understand um, many of you, uh, it's just going to be what you feel comfortable uh, with in terms of um, in what manner that you join us, and um, definitely we want you to um, uh, be sensitive to, to your own uh, situation and do what you feel like is, is uh, best for you in these matters. Uh, but I do look forward to be able to, to begin to ease back in in certain ways and just keep your eyes and ears out um, as we um, kind of continue to play, uh, play, see how it plays out over the next few weeks. Um, about what that will begin to look like when we start um, initiating some gatherings back together again. So I just wanted to make you aware of that. And, um, uh, but this morning, uh, what I'm eager to do is preach God's Word. And so we're going to continue through the, uh, the uh, series uh, on uh, the book of Matthew. And we're, we're, still in the book of the, uh, sermon, we're still in the Sermon on the Mount. And this morning we're going to talk about the blessing of secret giving, the blessing of secret giving. But before we do, let's pray together. Father, what a privilege to honor you, to glorify you, to gather in spirit together in your name, to look to you on high, Lord, and I just confess I need you now, Lord. Help me, Lord, to speak the truth in love. Help me Lord, to honor your word, give us the mind of Christ. May your word, God, uh, change and teach and instruct our consciences, Lord, to obey you. Make us generous people, Lord, who care not about ourselves, but care only about the glory of your name. So help us do this, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6. And uh, is, it'd be good for us to review quickly where we've been so far. We're, we're going through the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon that was ever preached by the greatest preacher who ever lived. And we must constantly keep in view uh, the, 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 the entirety of the Sermon on the Mount so that we don't uh, miss the forest for the trees, if you will. Jesus began the sermon with the Beatitudes. And if you remember those are the Beatitudes speak primarily to the condition of the heart. So the, the key aspect, the key thing that Jesus wants us to get out of the Sermon on the Mount is, is the, the conditions of the heart that are reflected in someone who is truly a citizen of Christ's kingdom, who is, who is a true disciple of him, because that's who the sermon is directed to, is not just to people in general, but to his disciples, to true citizens of the kingdom of God. 
Jesus' first concern is the condition of our hearts. We have to get our hearts right when it comes to our relationship with God. It doesn't matter how you live on the outside if on the inside you're self-centered and you love man and you love self and you love comfort and you love the world and you don't love God. We learn from the Pharisees in Jesus' day that you can live an externally righteous life and yet Jesus called the Pharisees children of the devil. And that should be terrifying to us, shouldn't it? It should make us all tremble because what that means is that there are many people whom you and I know who we would consider good old people who'd give you the shirt off their backs. And yet, for all that we know, uh, in God's eyes, they may be children of the devil. And while that seems harsh, it, it, it boils down to what's our ultimate love. We can, be, we can be an externally nice person and not love God and not really love neighbor, more love our place in society and more love our, our friends and our comforts and loves the gifts more than the giver. So the question is, what of our hearts? How's my heart? How's, how's our hearts? Are, are our hearts pure before God? Are they motivated out of a love and a fear of God uh, rendering to Him what He is doing? Is it just centered on now and present and self and world? And so even when we read the practical parts of the Sermon on the Mount, we must remember that they are merely an outworking of this broader principle of the heart. We must, Jesus says, be more righteous than the Pharisees, the most religious people of Jesus' day. We must not just look nice on the outside, Jesus says, but we must have pure, humble, loving, meek, kind, generous, self-giving, self-sacrificing hearts. And that's what Jesus came to do, and that's what the Old Testament law couldn't do, right? Through a law, through fear of punishment, might keep you from killing your neighbor, but a law can't make you love your neighbor. And you see, that's what Jesus came to do, to do more than the law, to fulfill the law, to not just keep us from killing one another, but to teach us that true righteousness means loving one another. Yes, even our enemies. And this is only possible by grace, through faith, by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ. And so, this morning we're going to talk about the blessing of secret giving. And this is a, a further explanation of how these principles, what God is working in us, how they should work out of us in our lives. Uh, and so, if you have a Bible, we're in Matthew chapter 6. And I invite you to stand in honor of the reading of God's Word. And we're going to read Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. It says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. The Word of God. You may be seated. I want to look at uh, the blessing of secret giving under three headings this morning. Number one, the danger of people's praise. Uh, 
the danger of people's praise. Number two, the practice of secret giving. The practice of secret giving. And number three, the reward of the watching God. The reward of the watching God. First, we want to look at the danger of people's praise. The danger of people's praise. In verse 1 and 2 there, Jesus said, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. So we've moved from chapter 5 to chapter 6. In chapter 5, we had what we called the antitheses, which is where Jesus was saying, you have heard it said, but I say to you. Now, chapter 6 moves to something a little bit different, uh, where he's, he, it's just further applications of how the, the, the heart conditions of the Beatitudes should work themselves out in the lives of a kingdom, uh, in the lives of kingdom citizens. And so the, follow, the following section, a large portion of chapter 6 there, is governed by verse 1. Um, where it says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward for your Father who is in heaven. And, then, and so he gives examples of that. Uh, that is, give in secret, pray in secret, fast in, sec- in secret. And so giving, praying, and fasting are all what virtually all religions have considered quintessential spiritual disciplines. Um, marks of religious people of all stripes, okay? Uh, marks of genuine piety and, uh, and, and, and faith. And so these things, Jesus, of course, says when you give, when you pray, when you fast. So he doesn't, he's obviously not discouraging doing these things. He's assuming that believers will do these things. We should, we must do these things, okay? But but the danger, there's a danger there because, because, um, we, these, uh, because they are especially obvious examples of piety, right? Giving, praying, fasting, those are just, you know, more than, almost more than anything else, those are especially obvious, those especially obvious spiritual things, a religious activity, right? And precisely because of that, they can lead to pride in our piety, right? There are especially obvious forms of religion, so the danger there is that they can lead to pride in our own religion or our own religiosity or our sense of spirituality, right? So perhaps some of the greatest dangers to true religion then is found in religion itself, in the very means of the expression of our religious devotion, we can actually be centered on ourselves rather than on God to whom that devotion is supposed to be offered. And thus, while taking pride in how religious we look, we are actually worshiping ourselves and not God. And that is idolatry. The devil, as it were, puts trapdoors to hell at the very gate of heaven. And so we must beware that we're not practicing our righteousness before men before other, so other people can see how spiritual we are. And so uh, that's the key. Some have observed that this seems to be at odds with what Jesus said earlier, you know, doing these things in secret. But in Matthew 5, 16, Jesus said, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And so what is it, Jesus? Should we... 
do our good works in secret, or should we do them where they can be, where, where people will see them and give glory to our Father in heaven? But if you think about it, of course, that contradiction is, is just very superficial. It's, it's just perceived contradiction. It's, it's, it's superficial. The operative phrase in what Jesus is saying there is when he says, beware of practicing your righteousness in order to be seen by them. In order to be seen by them. So what is Jesus getting at? He's getting at that, it, that it's a condition of the heart. It's not that we shouldn't do these things. It's that we shouldn't do them in order to be seen by people so that we'll be praised by them. So it's not merely just the what of what we're doing, but it's the why. Why are we doing what we're doing? Are we really doing something for just a pat on the back or to fulfill others' expectations of us or so that, so that, so that we'll be looked upon by those who we, who we want their, uh, their uh, affirmation? Are we, doing it for, are we doing it for people or are we doing it for God? Are we doing it so people will think better of us or are we doing it so people will think better of God? And it's very subtle and it's very dangerous. But we know that in the end, so these two sayings, they're not opposed. They really go hand in hand, right? It's, in many cases, it's possible to do something anonymously in a way that God gets the glory for it, right? You know, just an example, if you, if you, if you were, want to bless someone with a gift, you might, you might put it uh, in their mailbox, you know, anonymously with a note that says, this is a gift from God. And that person is anonymous, and that person will do what? See the good work and give glory to God. And so the two are not in opposition at all. The key is, are we doing it so that God alone will get the glory? And are we doing it in such a way that it it minimizes the attention on us and maximizes the attention on God in whatever we do? And so um, uh, Jesus says here in his example, he says, When you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. So in Jesus' image here, we can imagine these very pompous people in the temple courts in Jesus' day. And and they're, they're... they have their money bags, and as they, as they pull them out, you know, they, they make sure you can hear the jangle, and they, they make sure as they put the coins into the coffer, right, that you can hear the clink clank of every single individual coin in there, right? We can imagine that. Of course, we don't necessarily do that in our day, but we can imagine something, I don't know, something like this, maybe like a, a, a person who gives a a large tithe to the church, for example, but maybe they don't like some of the things that that, uh, some of the leadership in the church is doing, and so they try to pull some strings to match their preference, to get their preferences accomplished within the church with, with this line, do you know how much I give? Or what about just in the world in general, right? There are many businesses or public figures who will gladly give generous amounts to different things. Uh, a, a CEO alumnus of a, of, a, of a university might give millions of dollars to their alma mater if they get a building named after them, right? But among the church of Jesus Christ, it ought not be so. Proverbs 27.2 says, Let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. We don't do things for our glory. We do things for God's glory. That's why we do everything that we do. And pride is dangerous. 
It's so dangerous. How dangerous is the love of the praise of men? How many people there are whose disposition utterly rises or falls based off of the opinions of others? How many people are enslaved to the opinions of a spouse or a certain friend or friend group or a parent or a family member or peers in one's vocation or, 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 or a certain group or type of kind of society? How we crave the love and respect and applaud of other people. But Jesus says this, he says, if that's what you want, if that's what you live for, guess what? You can have it, but you better relish it. You better enjoy it. You better write it in your journal. You better never forget it because that's all you're going to get. That's all you're going to get is the praise of men. Take that honor. Take that compliment. Enjoy it. But know this, that it'll soon be forgotten by men. And the worst part of it all is it won't be remembered by God. Of course, we're not, of course, receiving due honor and respect isn't bad as long as you're not seeking it as an end in itself. The question is what are we seeking? What are we doing? Are we trying to pat ourselves in the back or draw attention to ourselves? Or give all the glory to God. So let us not be trumpet blowers, church. <laughs> let us examine ourselves. Let us ask, why, did, why did I say that to that person? You know, drawing attention to something that I did. Why did I say it in that way? Why did I post that on social media? Why did I feel downcast or disappointed when somebody didn't respond like I was hoping they would to something I said or did. Let us examine ourselves and ask, why are we doing it? For people or for God? So number one, beware the danger of people's praise. Number two, uh, the practice of secret giving. So we have the danger of people's praise, and number two, the practice of secret giving. Verse three, Jesus says, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So, in contrast to those who blow the trumpet, or today we say toot your own horn, right? In contrast to that, the disciples of Christ, the citizens of, of the kingdom of heaven, are to do things differently. Are to do things differently. He, Jesus says, uh, or we, Jesus says, are, are not supposed to let our left hand know what our right hand is doing. Now the question is, what does that mean? I think the, the meaning is, is clearly enough, when, especially when it comes to giving, it's clear enough. Uh, when it comes to giving, we're supposed to be so discreet about it, so discreet about it, that we ourselves hardly even know that we're doing it, right? We're supposed to do it in such a way that it draws as little attention as possible to the fact that we're doing it. One way to think about it is this, is that we're supposed to be just, just humble in our hearts, meek and poor in spirit, as Jesus said in the Beatitudes, Right? that we're hardly self-conscious at all about the good that we do. Because it's what? Because it's just simply the overflow of what God has worked in us. We're not thinking about ourselves. We're just trying to do what's right. We're just trying to love God. We're just trying to love neighbor. We're not thinking about this. We're not thinking about that. We're, just, we're hardly conscious that we're doing it because for the Christian, doing good and giving and meeting the needs of others is like breathing. It's just part of who we are. 
I hope this isn't too crass of an illustration, but we have a, a, we're potty training a, a, a third child right now, and, and right now, every successful trip to the bathroom is like winning a gold medal at the Olympics, right? It's like, yeah, come on, let's go, right? Um, and, and that's fine, because he's a child, Right? But when he grows up into a full-grown man, it would be quite strange if he, you know, assuming no other type of health deficiency, it would be quite strange if as a grown man, he, he makes it known loudly and proudly that he had a successful go in the bathroom, right? It'd be, it'd be a little unusual, right? Because what? Because when, you, when, we, when we grow up into Christ, there are things that just are, are part of human life that we, just, that we just don't think about. We don't draw attention to, especially something like that. Now, if you could bear with my illustration here, what I'm saying is that giving for the good of others and for the glory of God is a similar thing. It should be like breathing for the Christians. It's not something we, we draw attention to. It's just part of it's just part of what it means to be forgiven and saved and redeemed and loved by God. It's part of who we are. And so we don't think about it. We almost do it instinctively, certainly not expecting or wanting praise for it. Our hearts should simply be filled with the desire to please God and to love others. We should be so free from ourselves that the thought of praise or self-exaltation or hoping that it will lead to a pat on the back that all that doesn't even enter our minds. That's what we're seeking. That's what we're desiring as followers of Christ. Free from love of self, free from praise, free to serve God, expecting nothing in return, hardly even recognizing that we're doing it. You know, this is, this is kind of, um, you know, uh, it, it's not the main point, but it, it's, it's interesting that in, the, in, a, in a parable, in a story that, well, not really a parable, more of a prophecy that Jesus says is going to happen, it, this, this type of mindset is implicit in Jesus' description of those who really belong to him. In Matthew 25, 31, Jesus says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you? Or naked and clothe you? And uh, when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. You see what Jesus is saying? That when it, at the last day, those who truly did love Christ and those who truly did obey him and serve him and care for others and care for his people, 
they will have done it with hearts that when they when Jesus comes to reward them at the last day, he will point out things and, and they won't they'll hardly even be able to remember them because they just did them instinctively. They didn't think about they say, they'll say, What are you talking about, Jesus? When did I do that? And then he'll say, You didn't you weren't thinking about it because your heart was pure. You weren't worried about it. You weren't and you weren't in it for your praise. But guess what, my child? I was watching you. And I remember. And if you did it to them, you did it for me. That's the reward of giving in secret. We don't remember it, but God does. And that's, that's the true and ultimate reward. And so how can we do this? Practically, well, very simply, giving in secret, the, the, the first thing we have to do is just give. <laughs> just give. If you're a member of a church family, the... the one of the first things I'd encourage you to do is, is tithe to your local church, whatever church that is. Be faithful in supporting the ministry of your local church because that is, is the local church where each of us are, are as, as covenant members. That's where we live out our faith together with one another. So that's your, that's your most immediate uh, uh, family with which you live out the commandments of God together in your community. And so give to your local church, you know, and don't, don't make a big deal about it. Just be faithful in it. Another way is to give to cherished causes, things that you care about that are important to you. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to toot your own horn about it. You just quietly slip it into your monthly budget. I care, through, for example, through Compassion International, you know, a, a buck fifty a day can change a child's life overseas or to a local women's pregnancy center or to... Uh, something like Open Doors, A Voice of the Martyrs that helps support our persecuted Christians around the world, or things like Samaritan's Purse, which, which does all kinds of relief work all over the world, or to the, or to the, uh, the, the, uh, the Annie Armstrong Easter offering, or the uh, Lottie Moon Christmas offering, and things that support the Baptist mission. Whatever your heart is, whatever is important to you, whatever God has laid on your heart, you can give to support those things in faith in God, knowing that God will use that. No one has to know, but God knows. And number three, of course, is just you could just help others. You see a need and you meet it. You think about someone and you say, I want to bless them in some way, and you do it. And nobody has to know. And, and, there, and lots of times there are ways you could do it completely anonymously. You know, put it in their mailbox, put it in the mail, you know, uh, just have it delivered to their doorstep. And, and no one will know, but God will know. God will know. So we see the danger of people's praise, the practice of secret giving. And number three, the reward of the watching God. <clears throat> the reward of the watching God. Verses 3 and 4 says, When you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. You see, sinful human nature is to, pray, is to crave the praise of men. We all want to be loved, to be praised, to be honored and respected. But what a great danger there is in that. For in so doing, we are making ourselves the point rather than making God the point. And we're not the point. We're wanting people to praise us rather than people to praise God, and that won't do. But here's the solution, God says. Here's the solution. You do good in secret. 
you seek God's praise alone and not your own. You do good and you give to others in such a way that insofar as it's possible, given that circumstance, the praise won't go to you, but go to God. And let your heart's desire to be to praise God alone. And when you do that, when you do that, this is what God says. He says, though no one else knew, I know. Though no one else saw it, God says, I see it. I know it. And, and the Bible says that there will be a day when that which is done in secret is proclaimed from the rooftops for good and for ill. If you did evil in secret, that'll be made known. And guess what? If you do good in secret, that'll be made known too before saints and angels, before the great cloud of witnesses that has gone before us, uh, we will receive our reward from God. And so the great irony of it is, is if you seek praise in this world now, you might get it, but even that won't last. But if you seek the praise of God alone, you will receive not only the praise of God, but also the praise of unfallen angels and redeemed saints as they rejoice with you at the reward that you receive from God for what you did for him in secret. The temptation is to say, I want the credit. But the beautiful reality is if, you ju- if we give God all the credit, because the Bible says, Romans 11, for from him and through him and to him are all things, to him be glory forever. If we give God all the credit, knowing that the glory belongs to him alone, in the end, he will reward that beyond anything that the praise of men could have done for us in this life. And so if you look there closely at verse 4, Jesus is teaching there that your giving may be in secret. He says, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Jesus is, in fact, teaching you to seek your reward. He's not saying don't seek a reward. He's just saying make sure you seek the right reward. Seek the reward that comes not from man but comes from God. And we do that precisely by doing everything by him, through him, and for him. And if you seek it and give and love and serve in secret, God will see God will know, and he'll reward you for your faithfulness to him. As we close this morning, uh, this kingdom citizen life that I've been talking about this morning is only true for those who have come under the kingship of Christ. Only those is really ultimately only possible by those who have been changed from the inside out by the power of the Holy Spirit and come into the kingdom by faith in Jesus Christ. And so if you don't know Christ, the most important thing and the most urgent thing you need to hear this morning is this. Jesus offers full and free access to his kingdom, forgiveness of all your sins, past, present, and future, if you will turn from your sin, turn from yourself, and bow the knee to King Jesus. He's good, he's wise, he's gracious, he's loving, he's a far better master than sin, and his praise lasts a lot longer than the world's. So if you turn to him this morning, ask him, God, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose from the dead. I believe that you're coming back to take your kingdom for yourself. I believe in you, and I want to surrender to your lordship this morning. If you really believe it, believe it, God will hear. He will hear and he will answer and he will save. And if that is the decision 
you, you make this morning or a decision you want to talk more about, please message our church. Uh, you can message me on Facebook or our church on Facebook. You can contact me through our website, and I'd be honored to talk with you about that. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus.